Welcome to the NAW podcast series, Innovate to Dominate, sponsored by Pros. Today's episode is called Another Game in Town, Alibaba Enters the U.S. Market. Alibaba is aggressively pursuing business in the U.S. market with services designed to help B2B sellers drive sales to domestic and global customers on Alibaba's e-commerce platform. In today's interview, you will hear from John Kaplan, President of North America B2B and Globalization for the Alibaba Group, Mark Danzer, author of NAW's Innovate to Dominate, the 12th edition in the Facing the Forces of Change series, and Richard Blatcher, Director of Industry Marketing and Business Intelligence at Pros. So let's listen as Richard Blatcher begins the conversation in Another Game in Town. Welcome, everyone. Uh, Here in Washington, D.C., at the annual NAW Executive Summit, I'm really delighted to be here again with my partner, Mark Dancer, an NAW Institute fellow, and very excited to have John Kaplan of the Alibaba Group with us. So welcome to both of you, and thank you for taking the time to join us. Now, this interview is an episode in our ongoing podcast series looking at Innovate to Dominate, the 12th edition in the Facing the Forces of Change book series, which, of course, Mark has authored. We're very proud at Prose to sponsor this initiative. So, John, thanks again for being here. Maybe you could introduce yourself and tell us about your role and about Alibaba. Sure. So um, it's great to be here, and thank you for welcoming me. Um, I'm John Kaplan uh, from Alibaba.com. Alibaba.com is the original business of Alibaba Group. So Alibaba Group uh, has multiple business lines, but the Alibaba.com business is the, uh, is the team that I'm on. And what we are is a global platform to help businesses do business with one another. We're really the world's largest B2B marketplace. But unlike, uh, I think, how people generally think of marketplaces, our business is, is aligned to the interests of sellers, distributors, manufacturers globally. Um, So we uh, provide the ability for someone who wants to sell their goods to customers uh, to own the customer relationship, big, a significant uh, part of our platform, to pay a membership fee so we don't charge a commission on people's sales. Um, And we have tools and services that make it easy for two businesses to collaborate with one another, whether they're you know, you're in Detroit and your customers, you know, in Chicago, or you're in Detroit and your customers are in Berlin or Dubai or any place around the world. Now, one of the things that I found fascinating is you've got about 10 million um, buyers yep. globally, and there's a very large percentage based here in the US, right? So maybe you could dig into sure. some um, of the data there. Yeah. So what's interesting about Alibaba.com is every day uh, there are, as you said, millions of people on the platform. Uh, and there are hundreds of thousands of inquiries made every day. And what that means is business buyers, people who are procuring either raw materials for their manufacturing, they're looking for some goods for resale or good goods that they use for their business's operations, come to Alibaba.com to find, to discover the source of that supply. And sometimes they want supply that's very close, right? That can be delivered tomorrow or within three days. Sometimes their priority is to find supply that comes with a suite of services, mm-hmm. people who can provide um, after sale support. Sometimes they're looking for, uh, I don't need it quickly, I just need the lowest price. And so by having a global uh, supply base, what we've been re- able to do is really help the world's business buyers do well. And your question about the US, 
Uh, the U.S. is our largest market for buyers on the platform. Okay. And it is seven times larger than the next largest market. Right. And I fa another fascinating fact that you have talked about before is that the B2B market is 6x. You know, it's nearest other kind of B2C market. Yeah, it so, is I mean, a fun, it is a remarkable statistic. The global B2B e-commerce market is $23.9 trillion. That is six times larger mm -hmm. than the B2C market. Right. And so when you think about what that means for a business owner who is, is trying to grow, the best market to be in is businesses doing businesses with one another, just because of the amount of demand that's there. Absolutely. And one of the things that we found, it's come through with the research that yeah. Mark and the NAW have done. It's come through with a lot of the research that we've done with pros. Is you are part of that opportunity and that disruption. I use both of those words mm. um, intentionally. And um, one of the biggest uh, um, issues that we find and benefits that we find that the new digital buyer is demanding is that strong, frictionless, omnichannel buying experience. They want that customer experience. And it's really interesting, again, something that you mentioned um, during your presentation earlier today here at the summit was the philosophy that Alibaba has. So you've got customer first, employee second, investors third. And I think the fact that you're you're part of that disruptor, you're also, I would say, a facilitator. Maybe you just talk more about how important that customer experience is in this this new sure. digital age. And I think I think the first thing is we are an ally to manufacturers and distributors here in the United States right. as they try to transform their business for the next twenty years. And I think if you if you sort of dig into innovate in this book and think about what the key message is, it's about understanding your business understanding your market, and ultimately understanding your customers. Because if you listen to the needs of your customer, then you can uh, transform yourself to provide value. So Alibaba.com is one way a distributor in the US can grow their business, get more customers. Um, because the way our system works, you own the customer relationship. We have great CRM tools. You can use our tools to uh, deepen your relationship. And since it's your customer, you can pick up the phone and call them or send your sales guys to go see them uh, we encourage that in the Alibaba.com platform. Uh, we really are trying to help. And we built a system and a platform to help distributors grow and grow profitably. And I think many of our audience, which are manufacturers and distributors yep. for this for this series, um, probably don't realize the assets that they have in the data that they have in the business. Mm. That and you've talked a lot about enabling them to gain those insights to then be able to personalize, to tailor that product, offer, service, whatever it will be, and then engage yeah, Mark, with that market. Mark earlier today asked a really important question, I thought, which, which um, I thought was very insightful because the question was, what are the strengths and assets of a manufacturer and how, what should they be, how should they be thinking about them? And I think if you're a manufacturer or distributor, your number one asset is your customer relationship, and you should never give that up. Um, and it's your salespeople, critical relationship, your IP. Um, and so what we've found is that our tools and the robustness of the data that we that we share with the manufacturers and distributors on our, our platform actually help them more, uh, more effectively serve their customers. For example, which of your customers are uh, engaging in which of your products online and how? Well, that insight can really transform how a sales organization thinks about what products they promote and how they do. 
you know, on the Alibaba.com platform, all of the pricing is uh, negotiated. And so you can have a different relationship with each of your customers. So if you're a manufacturer or distributor, someone wants to buy a hundred uh, forklifts, you might charge them X. Someone wants to buy a thousand forklifts or 10,000 forklifts, you might charge them Y. And the platform enables you to do that. Exactly. And I think, uh, and, and Mark, you know, mm -hmm. we, We've talked a lot about in the webcast and in the research and in the book about this innovation, about how data is a fundamental foundation, but it's not just the data, it's the insights that the yes. data gives you to enable you to, to grow. And I love your example, John, that you mentioned of linking a spa to an avocado. Now, <laughs> yes. a lot of companies don't know what they don't know. Yeah. So you know, what does that mean in the sense of you know, a manufacturer they're looking for new opportunities. They don't even know the sort of disruption where competition comes from, but they may not also know where the opportunity comes from. So maybe you could give the yeah. So so it's a funny example. We um one of the uh, we opened the Alibaba.com platform for U.S. manufacturers and distributors on July twenty third of twenty nineteen. So it's in in recent time, folks are joining us. One of the early adopters uh, joined the platform, and they are in the uh, ag and food space, and have been selling to supermarkets for a hundred years, right? Like that was their business. Uh, and they got an inquiry from a spa that wanted to buy 12 container loads of avocados. And it was a legitimate uh, customer. They engaged with one another, they completed the transaction. And the CEO of, of the uh, business, the seller on our platform, I was chatting with him and he said, you know, I never knew that, that this was a market for us to penetrate. I never would have found it had I not gone on Alibaba.com. And now this is an area for us to develop. Do I think that's going to that they're going to pivot their whole company and sell avocados to spas? I doubt it. But I do think the insight is really important, which is if you can get lots of leads and have the patience to engage them, right? If you get leads and do nothing, you know, shame on you, frankly. But if you engage them, uh, you might sell you know twelve container loads of avocados to a spa in Arizona. Or any other opportunity that you just didn't think about, right? Correct. And if and you I, didn't have that mm -hmm. insight. Yeah, I think that's what part of what Mark's book does, I think, so well, which is uh, being honest with yourself about what your business is and going through the steps required to bring innovation into your organization. Mm -hmm. I think that is a, um, to think of innovation as a process you go through to, um, it doesn't happen overnight. It's actually steps you take and a way of thinking that helps you transform your business. Right. One of the very, th I think it's listening to you talk and listening to your answers and the discussion we had back and forth, that's very interesting to me is that the conversation to me sounds a lot like conversations that existed between good relationships between distributors and mm. manufacturers. Mm. You know, there the idea was they both brought something together to the table, but they were different business models that collaborated and they collaborated because the customer, the end customer would benefit from that collaboration. Yeah. And a lot of your discussion seems like that. It's going to be a, a collaboration, right? So each party brings things to the table that are different. Yep. The most obvious thing is, of course, the platform that you have and the ability to reach customers and yep. serve them directly. Some of the fundamental questions that distributors are asking, though, about doing business in the new age and, and innovating, one of the things that comes up a lot is, and I wonder if you have insights for distributors on this, if more and more business goes virtual, how do we think about building the relationship of trust mm. and loyalty, which are different but very related things with customers? 
And I wonder if you have some insights for that. For yeah, so there's a few thoughts that, are, that popped into my mind along the way. I mean, one is um, at Alibaba, one of the core values of Alibaba is trust makes everything simple. And I believe that in my soul that uh, when, when uh, goal aligned trusting partners work together to serve customers, great things happen for mm -hmm. sure. Um, I, I do think there is an interesting uh, dynamic uh, where if you're providing value for a customer, the virtual world doesn't replace the analog world. It mm -hmm. complements the analog world. And I think that's um, going online doesn't replace your offline engagement. And I, um, I was chatting with a fellow who uh, uh, sells actually forklifts and he loses a million dollars a year selling his forklifts, but he makes it way up in margin on services and aftermarket and parts. And so the, and I think he's recognized a great entrepreneur and I was chatting with him at dinner last night. And he said, when I, what I, the insight was, if I thought of myself only as a warehouse with goods to get delivered to customers, I would have been out of business. When I recognized that I have the goods and an expertise in how people use their goods, I could provide a suite of services so that they could make sure that their forklifts run well and they do all the things they need to do. And then when someone needs parts for those forklifts, I'm able to provide those services. And it, you know, the auto dealers in the United States are much the example, right? I think most auto dealerships in the US you know, maybe break even on the cars and make money on the mm -hmm. aftermarket and the service. Um, and I think the distribution landscape here in the US, if it, if it embraces a digital helps me get more demand and extend my reach, even if just here in the US, potentially globally. Um, and then I bring my relationships and capability to that demand, I can grow my business. You know, we at Alibaba.com, we couldn't service a forklift. Mm -hmm. We got, and there's no one on our team that knows how to service a forklift. We have no intention of building the capability to service forklifts. But the, that, that fellow and his 200 employees can do a heck of a job doing that. Yeah. And so him driving distribution on our platform and engaging those customers in the, in the, in the virtual, not the virtual world, the real world, the physical world is really good for him. How do distributors that are interested in selling more and more in the virtual space and providing value added, maybe human delivered local services, how does that get executed through Alibaba? So um, the, the most important decision we've made about, as it relates to that is if you any customer you engage on our platform, you own the relationship. So you mm -hmm. can cross market your services directly to your customer base. You have their names, their email address. Our tool is fantastic for messaging and engaging them. So what we've seen some of the uh, folks do that sell on our platform, they actually bring their, their uh, physical world customer book, put it on to use Alibaba.com just mm -hmm for the CRM capability, right? because it actually works so well and they can then use it to track all the behavior that folks have. Is the customer interface with Alibaba, who's buying a distributor's products through your platform, is that a, a buy box customer experience? Mm. Is it something else? Yeah. Is it so, customizable? Yeah, that's. thank you for asking. It's a good question. Um, 90 plus percent of the goods sold on the Alibaba.com platform are customizable and customized can be negotiated around order quantity, volume, ship speed, or it can be, I want a blue blazer made of this fabric manufactured to me, just this spec. So there's um, the vast majority of our platform 
is really a connection and engagement system between demand and supply. And so mm -hmm. I think sometimes there's a, a misperception of Alibaba.com because people may think, oh, I see pictures of products and descriptions. I should think about it the way when I go to jcrew.com to buy a tie yes. and I like see the tie and I think, okay, I don't, I don't email jcrew to negotiate the price or the delivery or the fabric. I either decide to order it or not order it. Mm -hmm. Alibaba.com is not that. It's actually a relationship builder that distributors and manufacturers can use to grow their business. And that's a key point because it's part of that whole experience and it's mm. not an and or. And you right. conducted some research recently to about 5,000 yep. buyers in the SME space, right? Yep. And that was one thing that came out with how those buyers wanted to engage. And it was a multiple set of channels. And number one was email, if I remember yep. rightly, but there was still inside outside sales. There was digital, there was um, EDI systems. So there was still a lot of those. Yeah, it think, wasn't an either or. I, right? I think that I think this is part of the uh, the book that sort of comes when you read the book comes through, which is um, we did this research with five thousand U.S. Uh, business owners, anybody, people who CEOs who buy or sell goods, right? They are sixty plus percent of them are confident about the U.S. economy. That's a great thing. Mm. They are increasingly digitizing, although they're new to digital. And, they're, and they want to go global. They either want to source goods globally or they want to sell their goods globally. But specifically as it relates to how the, uh, the buyer and the seller are, in, are engaging, there is not a one size fits all. Yes. You need to be great at email and reply to the email and not get caught in spam filters. And you need to go to the right trade shows and have the right booth. And you need to have a, a strategy on a platform like Alibaba.com, which enables you to get more leads, to uh, discover uh, new ways to engage with customers to be part of your transformation journey. And, and I think um, what's key to that is the consistency throughout those multiple touch points. Right. Because it's not a linear. In fact, I mean, we conduct research similar to you on an annual basis. And yeah. our last research was, was in the fall of last year mm. to about a thousand buyers of distribution, industrial distribution products. And they are, it, it almost mirrored a lot of the information mm. that you uh, that you also came up with, but they all said that they increasingly want to include and expand buying digitally, as well as being able to negotiate, as well as well as being able to discuss. They need consistency, they need an optimized price, which again is consistent and it's based on willingness to pay. It's not just based on a cost mm -hmm. plus, which is mm -hmm. you know not not. A good model and it's also based dynamically not not statically so taking into account all of those uh demands that the buyer has now alibaba is a strong part of that process um and they're prepared to pay more if you're offering that tailored engagement throughout the multiple touch points that they have they've told us they're prepared to pay more because they want that personalization yeah i, I, I yes i i think um the you know i'm old-fashioned perhaps but um <laughs> I, I do i do think um if you can if you have if you can sell more and have good healthy margin your business is going to grow right. keep an eye on your costs and the, the your point about consistency is a really important one um, every time you, you touch a customer are you helping that customer grow their business right if it rather than looking in on it yourself if you're thinking about their needs and your customer's customer's needs, 
And, and in every one of those touch points, thinking, what service do I need mm -hmm. to offer? Is there a service that my customer's customer wants that if I provide it, that it'll end up creating the loyalty that I'm trying to create? I think that's the right way to go. Distributors want to create more and more services yep. uh, for their customers built around data. They also know that the value chain, the supply chain that they operate within is going to run on data. Mm -hmm. So there's a big question about how they can leverage data, analytics, artificial intelligence to better serve their customers and to run their business more efficiently and more effectively. Does working with Alibaba, do you offer tools or expertise around data and analytics? Yeah. So the the anybody who uses Alibaba.com to sell gets access to a really robust amount of data about their store, their products, their customers. Um, and what's useful about that is, I think it's a good um, starter package mm -hmm. of, think, of looking at data as it relates for a distributor selling, frankly, because it's enterprise quality, but simply communicated, mm -hmm. um, and you can log in and look at it. And I think that's a, a, a real value. Mm -hmm. The second is if you're a buyer on Alibaba.com and you're looking to find someone, we do a really good job um, of trying to match you to uh, our search algorithm. If you think of us like a search engine, the search algorithm is pretty effective. So if you're, what you're looking for is well described, we do a good job of matching you to the person who has that. And so using data to match buyers and sellers sort of core to the Alibaba.com platform. That's a really interesting point. So if I'm a distributor and I... I value Alibaba because it gives me reach and a world-class uh, e-commerce platform that I can play on and I want to attract business. But if that's not my core value proposition is that I'm, I'm in the virtual space, I offer services, I have a collection of products, I'm in your community, I have expertise in your industry, they need to communicate that on, on Alibaba so that they Find, those customers find me through your search engine. Correct. One of, one of the most valuable pages in the Alibaba.com experience for a seller, a distributor, for example, is what we see is customers look at the product capability. It's really a description of capability. And then you know where they click? The overview of the business. And they look at the photos and the description and how long they've been in business, what awards they've won, what services right. they offer. And that is an indication, I think, that Globally, buyers want a relationship with the seller. They don't want a commoditized experience. They actually want the value that a manufacturer or distributor can offer. What I would encourage folks who join our platform is communicate it, yeah. right? I tell them all the time, the more you share about your capability, the better you, you will do. And just last thought on that, it is not, digital is not a get rich quick scheme for a distributor, right? It isn't load my products up and go sit on the boat in Fort Lauderdale and do nothing, right? It is a, a virtual trade show with lots more data and tools that enable, if you're responsive to your customers, potential customers, and have provide good service, your business will grow. Two follow-up questions on that. If a distributor is on Alibaba and trying to, they know who they want to attract, mm. right? And they're putting the content on Alibaba to do that. Uh, two questions. One, is that like search engine optimization with the same sort of rules you would do to end up at the top of a Google search page? It is precisely like that. And, and then the second question is, they, they know which customers find their way to them. Do they know who doesn't? Do they know how to get better over time yeah. at attracting the customers they want? Yes. So what we've, um, what we've tried to make simple, which is, it's a, you know, 
some of this is complex and we try to make it as simple as possible. Is try to indicate where the opportunities are. So there's a feature in our platform where you can see what requests, um, what RFQs are coming in every day. So if you're a, a Thai distributor and you want to see who around the world is, is looking for Thai inventory, you can see, you can go on the platform right now and that's transparent. You can see 10,000 people in the last 24 hours have these requests and you can choose which you respond to, which you don't want to respond to. And what we found about that is um, the person who's looking at that information, that opportunity, uh, begins to see, begins to learn the rhythm mm -hmm. of the request, just like a good salesperson does when they're driving their territory. They know what time, what what customers to go see at what time, how to answer them. The rhythm of the uh, the RFQs that come in digitally has the same experience, and so you can see, oh, I don't customers who want you know two containers of avocados, I'm going to respond to those. Somebody who only wants a pallet of avocados, that's not for me because that's not my business model. Mm -hmm. Another another challenge for distributors as they're becoming modern businesses and innovate that goes to the topic we're talking about which is how they learn either from a data perspective or from other businesses one of the challenges distributors have within their industry associations is that they're all experts on distribution but they also compete against each other hmm. and i'm one but they value learning from companies that know and have done what they aspire to do right so it's not data analysis it's can i talk to a company who can learn something does that sort of learning opportunity happen either informally or formally? So there's a few there's a few answers to that question. The the first is we host events we call uh, build up events around the United States, um, really that are uh, how to source how to sell on our platform, and we invite partners and associations to come, technology companies come to really just have a uh, a conversation around innovation, and those have been I think very useful. Uh, another thing uh, that we've done. Uh, and this is, again, my personal perspective on this, the distribution market size is $6 trillion. Yes, U.S. U.S. Uh, so I actually would be less concerned about holding close my insights. I'd be, trying, I'd be focused about how much of the market am I penetrating. Yes. In a $6 trillion market, if you're a $100 million distributor, you've got a lot of opportunity for growth. So learning about ways to think about how to penetrate the market Either from folks that you think are your competitors, you know what? It's a six trillion dollar market. There's enough opportunity and room for lots of people to be successful. And it's it's a more informed market than ever before. I mean, your ten million buyers, when they engage with with a distributors or one of your sellers, they're more informed than they've ever been. So a way to think about it is the global uh, ecom in B two B is twenty three point nine trillion dollars. Uh, Alibaba.com is the largest. Uh, B2B uh, e-commerce marketplace, you know, pretty substantial. Um, and we're very humble about our penetration of that market. We have a long way to go uh, to, to help all the world's uh, businesses do business with one another. Really, uh, you know, the long-term dream is can we create an operating system that makes the entrepreneurs who run distribution companies and manufacturing businesses around the, around the globe have the the tools and technology that enables them to serve their customers. Also very interested in your Alibaba can help distributors sell here in the United States, in the, in the markets sure. they already serve. And as the, as customers of distributors have more virtual options, 
one of the things that they are trying to communicate with customers is what is the value of me as a local business? Mm. So if a distributor were to bring you on, here's how I would phrase that question to you. And they would be part of the way they go to the market. And then they were standing in front of their customers and saying, we're a local business and you can buy from us on our phone, our sales people can call on you, or you can buy from us through Alibaba. How would the distributor, how would you recommend the distributor communicate the value for an existing customer to buy through that distributor on Alibaba? Yeah, so I, I don't think of it as and either or. I think of it as sort of a relay race. I'm gonna see you on Saturday at Little Leak, so I'm gonna build a relationship with you. On Monday, you're gonna uh, be searching my catalog digitally, and you're and I and you're gonna message me in the Alibaba.com with a with a question. I'm gonna reply. You're gonna place an order on Tuesday. I'm gonna uh, my sales guy is gonna come visit you on Thursday when the when the goods arrive, and I'll see you on Saturday again at Little League. So I don't think of it as yeah. your one channel competes with the other channel. I actually think of it as a, a system for for helping your customers achieve what they want. And I think you referenced earlier the research. Buyers want email and they want relationships with the salesperson and they want services and, and they want to be able to look on their phone at, you know, at 11 p.m. when you're worried because the floor manager calls and says, oh no, we're out of something. Mm -hmm. But you call your distributor and you can't get them and you feel weird about calling your sales rep at 11 p.m. You can actually go in your Alibaba.com app as a buyer and see what's available from your from your distributors you do business with. It is true you could also see distributors around the globe, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's a and just like they could go on Google and search to find other folks, right? The 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 if you're a distributor and or manufacturer and you're opting out of of what is a critical step in the relationship chain you're making it your job harder. And you talked, you both talked a lot about loyalty, right? And yeah. increasing lack of loyalty, but loyalty comes from that differentiation of a good service, good experience, the right price, and the convenience. You know, that's something that you've yeah. talked a lot about, John. Yep. So I think that, that does roll into, that's important with that consistency that you both talk about that enables the buyer to engage across those multiple channels consistently yep. while making sure you differentiate yourselves because they're not only informed by us, but they have hundreds more choices than they've ever had before. Of course. So how do you, you know, build and maintain that loyalty? That's that's key. Well, if you think about it, the next 10 years are going to be hard, not easy. Yeah. So like anybody who thinks, oh, this is a cake, you know, they're wrong, right? The next 10 years are going to be harder than the last 10 years have been. For manufacturer or distributor around the world, the opportunity is greater. Mm -hmm. And if you, if a, a an entrepreneur sort of thinks about that and says, um, "I'm going to take a customer first approach. I'm going to go meet my customers and ask them, how can I help you more? What are the things you need? What are like you and I both describe doing research um, as a critical part of how we we're uh, understanding the market. The best research is." getting in the car and going to see your top customers and asking them, watching how they work, looking at the inefficiencies in their, in their warehouse, in their supply chain, in their procurement process. Um, if, you, if you sort of think and ask all of your customers the same 25 questions and then go back and have an honest conversation with someone you trust about what you heard, I think that's when you realize, oh, things are changing, but there's a lot of opportunity here. And 
I think that's a really good point. Mm. I think that if you think about loyalty and the measures for it as things like repeat purchases mm -hmm. or perhaps paying a higher price because you value the services I, I do, those things are valid. They've been around forever, but they're lagging indicators, right? If in, the, in the modern age, Correct. you need to think about what are the things that you can do and measure on the, on the beginning side that build that loyalty. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I was thinking as you were talking that in a $6 trillion market, if price was the only factor, mm -hmm. people could likely be, would be switching a lot more where they, where they mm -hmm. buy. I want to go back to a question you answered a few minutes ago mm -hmm. and you explained, which I absolutely agree with that distributors need to have multiple ways to let customers buy from them the way they want to buy from them at that exact moment. Mm -hmm. And that can be calling somebody, could be somebody's gonna come see me, it could be a virtual purchase. And it's right. just surround the customer and give them all those options. If a distributor is thinking about bringing Alibaba into their mix, sometimes they call that omni-channel yep. for serving customers. Does that mean that a distributor would be less likely to need their own website for e-transactions mm -hmm. or are they integrated some way? They have you know, in an app or on their website with your website, do you become more of the digital so this, interface? This is a great question and an important one. Um, every business should have a website, right? They, and an e-commerce site. Every business should have. Yes. Every business should have it, uh, a website. Whether it should be e-commerce enabled is an open question. We can talk about that. Yes. What we've seen, and this is in the last six months, business opens sets up their Alibaba.com uh, storefront, and they have their own e-commerce website. They get 500 leads on the Alibaba.com website. 60% of them are not relevant for whatever. They want pallets instead of containers, what have you. And then they convert out of the 40%. And I was, I was talking to the entrepreneur who runs the business, Florida-based uh, uh, exporting company. And what he said he had instructed his team to do was stop sending his Facebook and Google advertising to his own website. Because Alibaba.com, we've spent 20 years perfecting the conversion funnel. So if you think about digital, there's two things you need to think about in online selling. What, where am I getting my customers from and what does it cost to get them? And once I drive them to my website, how good am I at converting them? There is no platform on the planet as good at converting, turning interest into, into dollars than Alibaba.com for B2B. So I would, I, I certainly think every US uh, entrepreneur needs to have a great website that describes their unique value prop. It can even be commerce enabled, but over time, I suspect folks will want to send the traffic to the place it converts the best. And remember, on Alibaba.com, when someone buys from you, you own the customer. They're not my customer. They're not Alibaba.com's customer. They're, you know, distributor X, Y, or Z's customer. And the CRM is built into the platform. Uh, so that capability means if you're spending. $10 or $1,000 or $100,000 on Google and Facebook, driving traffic to your website. And you're saying to your marketing guy, we spent a hundred grand over the last quarter. I didn't, we didn't get any orders. And maybe we're buying traffic ineffectively, or maybe the place you're sending them is lousy and doesn't convert well. And so can, the, can distributors enable um, repeat purchases, e-procurement, well, there's a certain number of circumstances where the customers will want to key in to yep. do a search and key in an order. But sometimes those orders are more automated, particularly if they're buying the same thing over time from the sure. same distributor. Yeah. So, so Alibaba.com, our, our foundational history was as a discovery engine to help drive 
new demand to manufacturers and distributors. So we're more purpose-built as a more of a marketing solution than a retention solution. Um, although lots of people do use the platform to provision repeat orders, it wasn't designed and built today for that capability. It is one of the, it's at the top of, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, the expression, eat your own dog food as yes. an entrepreneur. So when I eat my own dog food, I go talk to our customers and ask them what they, what they want. One of the requests is uh, simplifying the repeat purchase uh, mm -hmm. uh, flow for their customers. And we're working hard on that. Excellent. But I love, I love how you call it. It's a demand generation mechanism for a distributor or a manufacturer. So you're going to be part or start of that relationship. Yeah, what feeds your customer. family and sends your kids to college is more orders at good margin and keeping your costs contained. Well, it's a critical need for distribution too, I think, in a research format over the years, many times over 20 years. I've asked distributors what percentage of their business comes from new accounts exactly. or within your existing accounts, exactly. sales you haven't had before. Yeah. And it's always small. Right. And traditionally, it's three to five percent, if that, of their business. And if we're going to compete more organically, if we're going to compete more on the value we offer, where we're differentiated from other players, that growth acquisition engine is a new territory for distributors. Yeah, I, to I think drive this, is a, this is an interesting point because the world in 2020. There's room for trade shows and there's room for physical catalogs and there's room, but the world is, you know, a digital world we live in today mm -hmm. and customer acquisition will really be a digital uh, activity, I think, over time. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Agreed. One, um, one last question, if we will, John. Of course. Um, one thing that we often talk about when Mark and I are talking to experts and distributors and manufacturers um, across the globe is, and you talked about it in your, your um, presentation earlier today, um, making sure you keep things simple. And we asked the question, okay, well, where do you start? You're mentioning artificial intelligence. You're mentioning these different platforms and marketplaces. And you were very passionate in how you talk about kind of don't, don't try and boil the ocean and do too much in every part of the business. But what, what sort of recommendation advice would you give to our listeners and our, our audience on where you would recommend they would start? Or actually, I would suspect a lot of the audience, John, are already on some form of path. So where should they refocus their efforts? Because they're probably not being successful as they would like. So where would you refocus your efforts? I think I'm going to paraphrase what Alex said, which was, um, you know, have a small team of people with a very small budget and very short amount of time and, and challenge them just to sprint or hack at new solutions and do it less as a... Um, uh, growth strategy, frankly, and more as a learning initiative and say, hey, we're going to try something and set up a, and we're going to try it because we want to learn. So join Alibaba.com as a, to sell as a way to learn. And the first 90 days, you're probably not going to sell very much and you're going to learn how to use the tool and you're going to figure out, wow, what do I do when someone asks for a, a quote and they're from Detroit and I'm in Fort Lauderdale or they're from Turkey and I'm from Fort Lauderdale, how do I handle that? Mm -hmm. And if I respond in eight hours, what's my conversion rate like versus in eight days? I can tell you our data shows, if you respond in eight hours, you're gonna sell a whole lot more than if you respond in eight days. Um, and that's one way to, to sort of dip your toe in the water in a, in, in a low risk, um, but I think likely lots of learning. Right. Excellent. 
Well, John, thank you so much. Thanks for um, having me. I will make sure I go to Alibaba and, and source some Thai. <laughs> I don't think I got the memo for today. I'm, I'm very embarrassed. They sent me one that said, look, we're a Thai. Working for a tech company, you're going to need I think to buy I can a, get away with it. A pallet of Thai. Yeah, buy a pallet. That, not that, one. That's fine. That's fine. That's well, okay. We can help and we that. really appreciate your time. And of course, for the, um, uh, the listeners and, and the viewers, we'll share your contact details and then if awesome. people want to come to one of your build-ups, uh, yes. I think that would be a great way for them to engage with you and also learn from not only you, but your customers, their peers, and how they can you know, really digitally transform. So we really appreciate awesome. your time. Cool. Excellent. Thank you. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks Excellent. again, John. Thanks. Thanks. Much Thank appreciated. you, John. Thank you for listening to the NAW podcast series, Innovate to Dominate, sponsored by Pros, with Richard Blatcher from Pros, Mark Dancer, an NAW Institute for Distribution Excellence Fellow, and today's very special guest, John Kaplan from the Alibaba Group. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to visit naw.org i2d or pros.com naw, where you can subscribe to our podcast series, enter to win your very own copy of NAW's book, Innovate to Dominate, and even view webinars from NAW and Pros. See you next time.